Welcome to Chat with Crystal, empowerment coaching and conversations with real women from around the world. I'm your host, Crystal Andrus Morissette, founder of the SWAT Institute. Women are being called right now to help heal this world. And it's time for a radio podcast that shows the how we're going to do just that, empowering one woman at a time. Now let's get to it. Well, that's right. Let's get to it. It is Friday, November 29th, and this is Crystal, and we are doing our last Friday of the month chat with Crystal, uh, empowered coaching conversations with real women from around the world, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. It's also Black Friday all over the United States, and you got to know that when you're Canadian, you have a lot of Black Friday deals and specials that are always coming your way as well. I got to tell you, yesterday, we could not figure out what the heck was going on with our websites, and every time I tried to get on, and I finally just realized, oh my gosh, I think the internet might be crashing, because we all go crazy. Yesterday was Thanksgiving, of course, and everybody's on their phones instead of with their families and everybody's out shopping. So I just thought, you know what, I'm going to join in on this. So I do want to let you know if you're listening today and you haven't joined the SWAT Institute yet, you haven't actually signed up to become an empowerment coach certified through the SWAT Institute. Yes, ma'am, we do have a Black Friday special too. In fact, we're taking $1,000 off our upcoming personal empowerment coach certification that's going to be launching in the new year. It's not actually starting until February this year, February 18th, uh, 2020. We're going to be taking a group of amazing women who are ready to become certified as an empowerment coach. We're going to take them through the full curriculum. I'm going to be there live with them every week. And of course, we have our professor of coaching, Isabella Viscopova. She's going to be there every week as well. So it's going to be such an amazing experience. We're going to go through the program together, get you ready to begin your 30 mentorship coaching calls. That's a huge part of how you become a great coach is you have to practice. But not only do you just practice, we provide you with 10 women from around the world who you don't know who have registered or signed up to be mentor coached by our students in training who are getting ready to graduate. So you actually get to have 10 real women that you get to do three coaching calls with each. And not only do you get to practice with these real women who really want support, you get to hone your skills, refine them, and then on top of it, You get to submit three of your calls to our professor. It can be your best call, your worst call, your not-so-sure call. Um, You provide that to Isabella, our professor of coaching. And this is unheard of, ladies. She actually listens to all three hours. She makes the most incredible notes. She is not critiquing in a... um, a, in a way to in any way break you down or to knock your off your pedestal it's all designed to help you recognize these are your strengths these are areas that you could work on you nailed that one why don't we try this one so you're really getting this expertise um, conversation that once she's listened you get on a phone call with Isabella um, and it doesn't matter where you live in the world we are here for you and before you graduate, you really get to hone and know that, that this is something that you're going to love. And I know our students who are getting ready to graduate right now, the ones who have done a lot of their coaching calls, are almost on a high 
because it is so exciting to actually get in there and to work with real women and to watch transformations and to apply the process that I'm going to use today to coach whoever it is that's on our private conference line um, anonymously. She just raises her hand in our private conference line in the queue, and I'm able to support her. And I tell you, this process works over and over, no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, no matter if you're a man or a woman, no matter what country you live in, as long as you can speak English, and that's honestly, it would work in any language, but I just don't know all the languages, and maybe at some point we'll be able to translate this work into many different languages. That would be so exciting. But this empowerment process is real. It's unique. It's unique to the SWAT Institute, and we have refined interventions and processes that will help just about anybody get from a disempowered place where they feel maybe a little stuck or unsure or what are my next steps or can I really do this or what am I doing? Should I be doing this? We really help shift them within themselves so they can look at that same situation, dilemma or, you know, struggle from a higher perspective. And maybe you've heard this saying before, and if not, I love this one. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. In fact, when you change the way you look at people, the people you look at change. It's pretty amazing. When you change the way you look at yourself, boy, you start seeing something so extraordinary. And that's that's a big part of what we're here to do, is to help you see yourself through the lenses of love, to see yourself through the lenses of of peace of mind and joy, who you really are. Imagine if you could get back to being who you really are, the way that you would show up in all your relationships, even the ones that you're struggling in. Imagine that you weren't showing up wounded. You weren't showing up frustrated. You weren't showing up afraid. You weren't showing up angry. You weren't even showing up with a lot of pride or dignity or self-righteousness. You were just really living your truth. You were living in the highest levels of consciousness. You really had a sense of self-acceptance and self-love. You just, you really felt a sense of being wise and peaceful and loving. Boy, when you start showing up that way in life, whether it's business, in relationships, parenting, even your sex life, boy, things start to change for you. So I would love to support you if you're on the call today, if you're Uh, sitting in the queue. Again, all you have to do is raise your hand on your keypad, press star two, it'll put you in the queue. And for those of you that maybe are just listening for the first time on iTunes or the podcast or SoundCloud, and you're wondering, how can Crystal coach me? Well, all you got to do is head over to our school, uh, www.swatinstitute.com. Or of course, you can go to my personal website. It's a long one, www.crystal.com and dressmorissette.com. Yeah, it's a long one, but you know, I like those three names. They're me. They're all of me. Crystal and dressmorissette.com. Head over there and you'll find out all the details, how you can get the login information and you can come in the vault and you can have some private coaching with me. So let's go to it. Let's go to our phone lines. I'm opening up our first line, first one in the queue. And I have a funny feeling this might be Linda. I think I have a Linda on the line. Hey, Linda. It is. It's me. Hi, Linda. How are you? Hi. I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so thrilled that you decided to call in for some coaching today. Let's talk about how I can support you. 
Well, um, it's always around the holidays that get me a little baffled. Um, years ago, I was uh, my ex left right around the holidays. Mm. But what's happening now is as my kids get older, they're 29 and 32, I'm seeing that the patterns that probably they, they're mimicking the patterns that I had when I was married, and they're not realizing that they can be empowered themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm frustrated because their dad is still walking over them. Mm-hmm. So I, I see him being becoming more and more, I guess, demanding of their time. Mm-hmm. And you're not. As time goes, excuse me? And you're not. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm with my family a lot. Right. But as, like, last year, he was invited to things where he wasn't invited before. And it kind of just ruffled my feathers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, so I'm feeling like, wow, he just keeps yeah, to get in there. He in. just gets to weasel his way in there. I'm the one who raised <laughs> these kids. I'm the one who has I've really <laughs> been there for these kids. I'm the one who's loved these kids. And damn it, when the holidays come up, I should be the one that gets the special spot at the table. And I should be the one that if they're going to go to anybody's house on Christmas, it's going to be mine. And if I'm going to their house for Christmas, I should be there, not dad, because where has he been all along? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he had his he had his time, but like he he's weaseling into other like <laughs> time that was mine. Yes, that's yeah. exactly right. Okay, so let's go there. Let's just call it for what it is. So where is he weaseling in right now? That's really upsetting you. Let's just dive right into what's happening. My daughter has a brand new house, and there's a really cool guest bedroom. And he decided that he and his girlfriend are going to go over there on. Uh, Christmas Eve, where they always spend Christmas Eve together, but now it's going to be at my daughter's house instead of it being at his, and he's going to spend the night and be there on Christmas morning, and I watch my grandchildren, and and I just feel that the special time that a family has together, you know, just the nucleus, yeah. is very special on Christmas. Yes. And my daughter doesn't know how to say no to her dad. And no matter, so, you know, we discussed yeah. it. And I just said, well, it really hurts my feelings because I'm always by myself, which I'm okay with. But when it comes to him wiggling his way in, I'm, I'm not, not okay, okay with that at I all. hear you. Linda, I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> like, I just really want to first validate that, yeah, I get it. I get it big time. I'm also I have I have grown kids that are in their 20s and you know we've always had you go to your grandma's house on Christmas Eve with your dad, his his family, his side of the family, you get Christmas Eve. Yes, it's lonely. I'm by myself. Now I have a husband so we have our Christmas Eve and then the kids always come home Christmas Eve and then they have Christmas morning with me at my house and then we usually have a Christmas dinner and then they go off and they spend Boxing Day with their their boyfriend's families. It's like, we have this set in stone. Now, if all of a sudden, <laughs> this is the way we do it. Now, if all of a sudden it was like, you know, dad decided this year that after Christmas, we're actually going to do it at our beautiful new house because same thing is happening, Linda. My daughter has got this gorgeous new house with these beautiful guest bedrooms. And I hear you if all of a sudden it was like, well, you know what, mom, this year we've decided that instead of coming to your house on Christmas Eve, we're just going to stay at home and dad's actually going to come over and 
stay the night at our house. We're going to have Christmas morning with him. And then we'll come up to your place. I'm hearing you. I would be like, um, shut the front door. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. are you doing? I've raised the kids. I babysit the kids. Well, we, she doesn't have kids. But I watch those dogs. I love your dogs. Your dogs are my grandbabies. And your father is not staying the night at your house. No way. So I'm going to first say, I hear you. I validate you. I get it. And in, but underneath all that, you know what I'm also hearing? I'm alone a lot. And there was a little laugh there that was like, which is fine. Um, but he doesn't just get to weasel in now on my time. And I hear that. Right. So you've told your daughter, this really hurts me. It, that really hurts me. It, I feel hurt. I feel like I'm being what? What do, you, what do you really feel? Like if we could just, I get that you're an empowered woman in so many areas of your life. But when it comes to this thing that's happening here now, the kids are getting older, there's kids. And now he's going to actually spend the night on Christmas Eve in her beautiful guest bedroom that should be your bedroom. <laughs> I know I get it. I would be like, that's my bedroom. No, that's actually my bedroom. I know it's your guest room, but it's my bedroom. And your dad is not ever sleeping on that bed because him and his girlfriend are going to sleep on the bed that I sleep on. Right? Right, 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 right. You know, it's it's really weird because I guess it's more of a hurt feeling that maybe it's a hurt that I just never um, yes. addressed yes. Uh, when he left. Mm-hmm. I Because there's, you know, I was always the Pied Piper in the family and, you know, just the happy-go-lucky person. And the past two years, my kids have seen another part of me that is, um, is, it's probably not an empowered part. It's more of a, um, a hurt and I'm really pissed. (laughs) Yeah, good. But that's okay. You get to be. You're a human being. You may be a mother and you may be their mother, but you're a human being. And I think we really are very understanding and compassionate when we are mothers and we've gone through a divorce and our children um, have have now these two different homes and maybe dad isn't there anywhere near as much as we are. Um, and the truth is there is hurt. And it's not your kid's fault, but there is hurt. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and they're adults now. You're not talking to a 13-year-old where you're saying, no, I don't want you spending time with dad on Christmas Eve. Like, she's 13, you can't do that. But when you're talking about a 29-year-old or a 32-year-old, you're talking about adults. You're an adult, and they're an adult. So now we get to have adult conversations. It's not the same as talking to small children. And as mothers, I think we often are like, we will just bury our own hurt and our sadness and our sorrow for our children, we don't want that. We don't want to put that guilt. We don't want to ever put guilt on our kids. But there does reach a point. Like I've occasionally said to my daughter, and and I know it sounds sucky, but I'll be like, now don't get me wrong. My daughter works with me, so we talk all day long. But there are times where I think I've said the same thing. Where I'm like, wow, like you guys might come for dinner here once every three months. Like why are you always with your boyfriend's parents? And she'll be like, mom, we're not. We're not that much. <laughs> And I think, no, you are. And then then I think she feels like she has to hide it to be like, okay, they've invited us for dinner. We go there once a week. I can't really tell my mom that because it it's just how it is. But I get it. But you get to, at a certain point, Linda, not just be a mama bear protecting your children's feelings. You get to have feelings. 
Well, but when they see the feelings, it's just so um, foreign to them that um, that I think they think I'm losing it, you know? <laughs> maybe you are. <laughs> I think mom's gone off the deep end. But maybe I, I you get are. That. Maybe you are losing Pardon? it right now. Maybe you are losing it right now. And maybe there's a lot of stuff that you've never dealt with, talked with. Let yourself feel, let them realize what you went through, how hurt you were when he left. He left you at the holidays. How old, how old were the kids? They were um, 10 and 14. Yeah, like he walked out when you had a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old at the holidays, and I bet you, you did your damnedest to give them a beautiful Christmas every year of their life. Oh, of course. Right. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So here's some just natural, normal feelings. So let's just dive into it and be like, The truth is, if I could tell you how I feel under the surface, I feel hurt. Do you feel hurt? Do you feel angry? Probably a combination. Well, let's talk about that. Let's stay because what we do here with empowerment coaching is I'm not going to give you a to-do list and, okay, you're going to go do this, Mm -hmm. this, and this. It's really to help you explore the truth, what's under the surface of how you're really feeling, what you're really feeling. And then if that feeling is serving you, great. If it's not serving you, let's try to shift you into a higher level of empowerment around this issue so that you can either either let it go or have a conversation that needs to be had. So let's okay. just dive into that and be like, okay, if it didn't make you a bad mom, if this didn't make you a bad woman, if this didn't make you a bad anything, it didn't make you a bad grandma, it didn't make you a bad ex-wife, it didn't make you a good anything, it didn't make you anything. What do you really feel about this? What do you really want to say? What If you could just say it. Would you say it to your ex? Would you say it to your kids? Who would you really want to say this to? No, it's not worth saying it to the ex. Um, it's not worth it. it I'm not actually, uh, yeah, let's stay there. Because I. it's not that you're going to say it to him. Right, right, right. You're just doing this with me right now. If it didn't make you about anything and you got to finally say what you feel, because it's here now, like the kids are getting old, and there's going to be grandkids now, and it's going to literally be like you're going to you're going to have moments where you think, "Are you kidding me? I am so involved in these little children's lives. I'm their Grammy." And if all of a sudden different events come along, and you're like, "I actually, you're going to have to. You're really going to be at these school plays, and you're going to be yeah. at different things." And what if your ex starts showing up and decides he's going to be the hero dad now, hero grandpa? He already has. Yeah, I love your laugh of truth. And how does that make mm-hmm. you feel? Not, don't worry about I, your kid. I guess it's not anger. I, it is. It is just. Um, well, how, I'm not pissed off. I'm just. I'm just hurt because he. That. That I guess there's part of him that that's just him. And the kids are kind of, a, I don't want to say afraid of him, but maybe afraid of him that they don't want to hurt his feelings, but it's okay to hurt mine. Yeah. And maybe that's, that's the part that's more, um, more hurtful to me, that they don't get it. But he has, you know, he holds a lot over them. I, my one daughter works with him. Mm-hmm. So that makes it, you know, yeah. uh, he can make her life miserable at work. And she's a successful real estate person, so that um, so she's in a bit of a. He he would, excuse me. No, go ahead. You go ahead, Linda. 
No, I was going to say, so, you know, he would make, he could make her life miserable. He already fired my other daughter, so, oh, my gosh. You know, there's, he just, he's like a bull in a china closet. Mm, yeah. And, um, you know, just everything works, you know. He always, he always tells his other girlfriends he dates because when they meet me, they go, you know, he talks so highly of you. And... Uh, it's like I really don't care because I don't I don't feel that you know like I feel that I don't know why he does that I mean I am a nice person but um, like some of them are intimidated by me before they even meet me because he always says how wonderful I was and I said well if I was that wonderful he'd still be with me so there's yeah. I don't do know if there's think, a guilt do you think is it possible and let's just this is just me and you like really it's a really small group of women right now on the call just think mm-hmm. of this is like it's just me and you nobody knows who you are nobody knows nothing nobody knows anything but do you think it's possible that you haven't fully let go of or dealt with or really faced that like what you just said, like, well, if I was such a nice person, why did he leave? And why would he leave at the holiday? Like, why, why have you ever really dealt with the fact, like, he really just turned your world upside down? Have you really felt your feelings in that? No, because I protected my kids. It was, it was right after um, Christmas, but it was before New Year's mm, that he my did it. God, so, um, like great timing. Really, like yeah. really, so let's always, just so always have this kind of heaviness that hangs over the holiday season. Um, did you know he was getting ready to leave? Like, how did that? How did the separation happen? Like, how did he just walk out? What was going on? Let's go back there. Well, um, let's see. In February of that year, you know, the year before he left, or the year that he left, he had um, bypass surgery, mm-hmm. and he changed then. Because I went in after, you know, my dad had passed after having bypass surgery like two years prior to that. So it was pretty heavy on me having mm-hmm. a, somebody that's 50 years old having um, bypass surgery. Yeah. And I went in there and touched his arm after he had the ventilator out. And he said, don't touch me. And that was the weirdest feeling. So people would come in and hug him you know, in the hospital or at home when he was recuperating and when I went to hug him and I wasn't, it hurt. Yeah. So, so that was a very pain that, you know, yes. and, and I hear the people change when they have that. I don't know if it was something, um, it's a blessing. There's part of it that's a blessing that I am who I am today. I never would be if I was still with him. Yeah. But I guess I just never, like, really figured out what the heck did I do? Yeah. Um, And if it was was spirit or if it was something that was supposed to happen, you know, fate, um, maybe I just haven't dealt with that. Yes. Yeah, let's stay with this because this is a big one. Because I'm not just hearing my husband walked out. It was like my father died. Like, my father had bypass surgery and he dies. And I'm in deep grieving. And then I find out my 50-year-old husband has to have the exact same surgery. And I'm terrified. And I'm scared. And, and I really need my husband to live and be with me and be a father to these children who are only 10 and 14. Because they were just young then, too. So their dad is going in for a bypass surgery, scary, scary, scary stuff. And all you want to do is help him get through it 
and recover, and then he's going to be healthy, and you're going to have a long marriage together, raising your children. And in a flash of an eye, almost literally, you lose your father, and then in a very short period of time, your husband goes in for a surgery, and he comes out of that surgery rejecting you. Yes. And you have no idea why, and he never tells you. And then he waits for Christmas, and then in between Christmas and New Year's, he leaves you. Right. That's a massive heartbreak. Massive heartbreak, Linda. Like, you need to hear that. Like, And if you never really grieved it and never really had anyone say he did what to you, like, he did what? He did that to you? That's wrong. Like, that was wrong on so many levels. And you were left with really small children. And they are. 10 and 14, that is like a crucial time. Yeah, it's, they're vulnerable. Very vulnerable age. Like, that's almost like, that's one of the hardest ages to have your parents break up over. You know that? Like, it's it's... It's one of the hardest times. Between 10 and 14, this is a this is you're just moving out of being a child into a teenager. And when your parents split up at that time, so then you were like, I can't even grieve because I just need right. to keep it together and raise these kids. And no one has I've never addressed my own hurt. I've never addressed my own heartache. I've been in just mama bear mode, mother energy not wanting to put my guilt on anyone. And guess what? It's time not to put guilt on anyone, but it's time for you now to actually unravel this and make sense of it. And you get to feel what you feel and you get to real, I, you, you, you're not going to be able to, and I, you, and when you listen back, if you do listen back, you're going to hear a lot of the things you say, and you're going to hear almost an instantaneous, uncontrollable little laugh that lasts for about two seconds and you do it a lot and that is the laugh I know that's called the laugh of truth and it's it's Mm. it people either do that or they cry Mm -hmm. so you actually take the form of laughing versus tears other people I'll say something and then instantly they just start to cry and they can't stop it and you've figured out this way of like I know I know I know Um, and there it is right there. You just yep. it. <laughs> and I know I do it. I've talked about it with a friend of mine. Yeah, and you I'm do it because that's actually a form of protection to stay strong all the time, no matter what. But here's what I will guarantee, and it's happening right now. And I want you to know that what's happening is actually a breakthrough. You're not having a breakdown. You're not going crazy. You're really having a breakthrough. That's what's happening right now. And... Right now, your soul, your spirit, your needs, your woman energy, who you really are is like pushing to the forefront now and saying, wait a second, like, oh, whoa, 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 let's, let's like, uh, slow this train down. And I no, wait a sec. So your father got to walk out, he got to disrupt our lives. Um, You're afraid of him. He's fired one of the kids, the other daughter works for him, and she feels almost, um, exploited like I don't even know what the right word is almost like manipulated like I just oh yes absolutely I'm manipulated by my dad and I don't know how to rock the boat and it's Christmas and mom I just want but the truth is there's a part of you that you want to say to her um, because one of the things you said at the beginning of the call 
is the holidays get me baffled. And as my kids get older, they are mimicking the patterns of my marriage. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a part of you that right now this is playing out where it's like this is this is an opportunity for you to empower your daughter. This is an opportunity for you to actually step up as a woman and a mother. But really now, you're now mothering your, is it your 29-year-old or your 32-year-old? It's the 32, 33, that's, um, she works with her dad. Right. Yeah. You're 33 years old, my love. Are you going to be under your dad's thumb and feel scared of him your whole life? You know, I know this is too much information, and my daughters might be like, Mom, why do you share so much? But <laughs> my daughter, my daughters had their own come-to-Jesus moment when they were teenagers, and I wouldn't rescue their dad of anything. <laughs> like, I just, it is what it is. He's going to have to, if he wants to have a relationship with you, he's going to have to do the work. I'm no part of it. And so some mothers would say, well, I really try hard to make sure, like, they still have a really close relationship with their dad. I think, no, I try really hard to have a close relationship with my daughters. That's his job. Mm-hmm. And he was not there for them. And it infuriated me. Like, inside, I would just think, I'd be so angry inside. And I'd really try not, but I'd see the pain. I'd see the pain that my daughters were feeling. And instead of saying things like, like I've heard you say already, well, that's just him. Because that's just him. It's just how he is. And and they've probably heard you say that so many times as they were growing up. And he would be aggressive or he wouldn't be there for them. And you might say things like, well, that's just him. No, that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. And I remember saying to my daughters when they hit a certain age, they were old enough now. They were adults. Like you're 18 or whatever the age was. It was like... You know, I've always said be respectful, but once you hit a certain age, you're an adult. And if your dad is hurting your feelings and your dad is not doing and respecting you and your dad is not there for you, you absolutely have the right to question authority, to speak your truth, to say what you feel, to let him know what you need. You have needs and you absolutely have the right to tell your father the truth. You wouldn't hold back on me. You would tell me exactly what you feel. And I want to empower you because this is going to empower you as a woman in the world. Because us women in the world, by and large, we have a very challenging time standing up and speaking our truth to men of authority, including our own fathers. It took me until I was in my late 30s and I think I said it to my daughters it's the first time I ever yelled at my father it was the first time I ever raised my voice to my own father I was 38 my dad had been letting me down since I was 12 when my parents split up my father sounds so much like your ex I was afraid of him I wouldn't see him all year long but Christmas would come and you better believe I was there on Christmas with him Because he would decide, we're having Christmas on Boxing Day every year. So every year, no matter where you were, and you had to buy these expensive gifts. I don't see you all year long. I don't see your family all year long. We got to get together every Christmas and pretend we're all close. And it wasn't until I was 38 years old, and he was talking to me in a really demeaning way about my younger sibling, 
he was actually talking badly about my younger sibling and something in me it's like I never stood up for myself but don't you dare talk about him my my stepbrother like that and for the first time in my life and I didn't even know how to this was so sad I didn't know how to actually just talk and communicate I screamed and it maybe only lasted for 30 seconds but I was frothing at the mouth like it was like how dare you and I flipped and I had a glass of water in my hand and I threw the glass of water and it hit the ground and broke and it was chaos because I held it in for 38 years and Linda what I'm hearing is it's now been let's say the kids were 14 it's been 14 15 years now yes you've been holding this shit in for 14 15 years now and just like my daughter, when she was about 18, she find, her dad was like, this is all because of your mother. This is your mother. And for the first time, she said, these are my thoughts. These are my feelings. This is what I, and you know what? They have an amazing relationship now, Linda. And Oh, wow. And I know that might you might actually think, oh, wow, isn't that great? Do we really want that to happen? We do. We actually oh, do. I don't, I don't, I don't oh, Linda, there was your laugh. Them. I'll be quiet. You actually are pissed <laughs> off that they still work. I get it. There's your laugh. So the truth is, do I okay, love it? Right. Do I love it? Like if my daughter goes, oh, we were out for dinner with dad and his girlfriend, his wife last night. Oh, dad and I are going to blah, blah, blah. There's a little part of me that's like, blah, 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 blah. Dad didn't get to be there your whole life, dude. Jack squat diddly shit for you. But yeah, okay. But in truth, I feel like, well, I'm really happy that you have a healthy relationship with your father because I don't have one with mine. Mm. And there's nothing that's better for you, my child, to grow up into well-adjusted women who have great relationships in their life with everybody. But I know I am take precedent. <laughs> like I've, I've, I've taken the rightful place in this family as the queen of this family and Christmas mornings will be spent with me. And if the kids get older and they have their own families, Christmas morning will be spent with you and your family. You will not be changing up things to let Papa Bear take my spot. Not, not happening. So Linda, I'm suggesting that it's maybe a come to Jesus time moment for you to actually really share with your daughter, your 32, nearly 33 year old daughter, woman to woman, how you feel, and empower her. Um, let me ask you this. One of the things I know that Zoe's like, um, they're hesitant about saying something is because he does have a heart condition. Oh, that blah, blah, they're blah. A, you, Pardon? Blah, blah, blah. I know, but that's, but yeah, but if you've gone, if you've seen your dad go through that. He, that twice, was 15 <laughs> years ago. Buddy had a bypass. He's just fine. Yeah, but he had it. He had another one okay, too. So, um, you know what? I'm not. I'm actually would empower you to say to her, "I don't want you to get mad at your dad. You don't need to have a fight with your dad. You don't need to." But I, I think you have to work out what you're feeling. I think it's really important that you really work out what you're feeling and you really think about and honor the real hurt you've been through. Like, you really have to honor like your feelings, like what you've been through, what this did to you. How this changed you, how this changed your future, how this changed, like him walking out on you after a bypass surgery, you're grieving your father. Now you're just lost your husband, that you were afraid you were going to lose him to death, but he's freaking alive and he's not with you. Right, right. That's devastating, Linda. You need to honor that. 
And one of the, the, the processes that I have found really, really works, and, and you, you might say I've done it before, I say do it again, is write him a letter that you're going to send to me. And I mean, it's not politically correct. It's not grammatically correct. It's not about spelling or it's about pouring your heart and soul and guts and anger and rage and pain and sorrow and letdown and the should have beens and the could have beens and the ought to have beens and what this has robbed you of. And I know you just want to get back to being the happy. You're always happy and you are. But right now, this is this is coming up for you because it is requiring you to do some healing because a broken heart never heals with time. A broken heart only heals with doing the work to heal it. Wow, that's powerful. <laughs> it's the truth. We yes. People say, oh, time will heal it. No, it doesn't. Time doesn't heal a broken heart. And a broken heart is the hardest thing to heal. But it can be healed. And... and you need to give yourself that gift. That's probably the best gift you could give yourself for Christmas and your family. And I don't blame you for having rage and feeling like angry and feeling like, no, this is not fair. And I don't want him in that spare bedroom. And I don't want him sleeping on that bed. And I don't want him with my grandchildren on Christmas morning. Where am I? I should be there. If anyone should be there, it should be you. That's the truth, Linda. That's that is like yeah. if, if no one's ever said it straight out to you. If anyone should be there on Christmas Eve to open Christmas presents with precious little babies, it should be you. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah, I I feel though that the, that's the the nucleus family is the most important. To, you know, that's the I don't know. I, of course, um, you're right. You're right. You're right. No, you're right. Everything you say is right. Like, I'm not going to argue with anything. I'm not going to go, hey, Linda, I'm going to call you out on this. You're being a sucky baby. Yeah, you're being a sucky baby, but you have the right to be a sucky baby sometimes. Like, you don't have to be the fierce. Uh, you don't have to be a martyr. No freaking way. You've raised your kids, and you've done it well, and it wasn't easy, and you've been there for them. And I'm sorry, but... You know what? You know what? We re- we do remember Christmas morning. We don't remember the 27th morning. Mm. We remember Christmas morning. And if that's a spot that you want to claim, you should do it. I can't believe I'm okay. telling you this. Right now, if my kids were listening, they'd be like, what are you saying, Mom? I'd be like, no, I'm, I, you get to claim your rightful place as the matriarch of a family. You have that right. Mm-hmm. It'd be different if you were a shit-ass mom. Then you have no right to bitch. But you've been a great mom and you've loved them. And Christmas is, for me, the biggest day of the year. Yes. For me, it's all about family. If my children were not with me on Christmas, I would be devastated. Like, I actually have already claimed it. I've already said to my kids in, like, November, just to be clear, like, you're going to, what's happening for Christmas? <laughs> like, because I know you've got <laughs> boyfriends and you've got other people and you've got your dad. And you've got your grandparents on his side and, you know, what's going to happen this year? And like I just said it straight. So you and your sister are going to be driving here together on Christmas Eve like you're still little kids. 
Yep. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, so you're actually going to leave your boyfriend on Christmas Eve? Like, you live together? You're just about engaged? Yep. Okay, good. Come. <laughs> and then he'll drive out on <laughs> Christmas Day later in the day. We'll have a nice dinner. Yeah, I'm claiming it. I'm the mama bear that's put in the time. And these are the special holidays. And don't I deserve it. <laughs> Damn it. You know, I listened to, I'll tell you, Linda, I was in a, um, I was getting my nails done. um, Gee willikers, when was it? It was probably, oh my goodness, it might have been actually even a year ago. It doesn't matter the time. But I was in getting nails and it was around just after Thanksgiving or maybe it was just after Easter. Like we have a couple of holidays a year that we really take seriously. We take Easter seriously. We take Thanksgiving seriously, and we take Christmas seriously. I do. I mean, I do up the house. I, it's, I, I'm the mama bear, and I love creating a beautiful dinner and celebration and to bring my children with me and any of their loved ones. They can invite their cousins. They can invite boyfriends. Anybody can come. But we're out doing mm-hmm. it at my house. And I'm the mama bear, and I take great joy in creating that, like you talking about this nucleus, this family, I've held on to family values and raised my daughters like as if I was still a two-parent home. We get the big trees. We go all out. I don't like half-ass it because I got divorced. Nothing's any different. We're going to do it all out the way we always did. So um, I remember I was in getting my nails done. It was just after whatever, one of those holidays, and there was an older woman sitting in the chair right beside me. And I'm just shooting the shit. Let's be honest. I'm just like talking away to my Darlina, who's from Vietnam, who does my nails. And we have these great conversations when I go in and we chat away. And she's like, oh, Crystal, did you have Thanksgiving? Were your kids there? Well, I'm kind of joking. I say something like, you better believe they're there. Um, (laughs) And like, I kind of was joking. And then this woman is listening. And she says, I think that's terrible. And I'm, I kind of look at her like, you got to know my personality, Linda. I look at her like, <laughs> like first of all, hello? <laughs> like, what are you saying to me? Like, bring it, lady. Um, I say, what's terrible? It sounds like you're like almost um, manipulating your children to have to be. And I, Because I made a joke. I said, yeah, I got a, I got a strategy I'm saying to my nail technician. I got a strategy. Like, I'm, I am so there for them. I have taken care of these kids to the ends of the earth so that when I'm an old lady... And I can't cut my own toenails. I said a joke like that. I said, so when I'm an old lady and I can't cut my own toenails, they'll make sure they trim them for me. It was joking, but it wasn't. (laughs) Right, right. I get that. Right? And the lady beside me says, that's terrible. That's terrible. I don't expect my children to take care of me. And then I kind of like, I could just feel her energy. And then I said, oh, how old are your kids? And then she was like something like, they're in their, one's 40 and one's 45 and one's 50. And they live all over the world and I don't see them. Mm. And then I, as as the more she talked, I realized you're a bitter old lady. (laughs) You're a bitter old lady who your kids don't ever visit you. And, but the way she came off was I would never manipulate my children. I will take care of myself when I get old. I have set myself up so that I will have friends and I will have, I will take care of myself when I get old. The way, and I was kind of like, lighten up, lady. First of all, I'm kind of kidding. We're just talking about Thanksgiving dinner. But the more that she talked, I thought to myself, 
Yeah, see, that's the difference. I don't have a relationship with my mother because maybe my mother's crazy like you, lady. <laughs> and I don't take care of my mom as she gets old either. Isn't it sad? But I'll tell you one thing, lady. I didn't actually say any of this, but in my head I was thinking, and you know what? I made a decision when I had children that I would keep them close. And there is nothing my kids could do that would make me reject them or not be there for them. And I will keep loving them because I need, I need family. I do. I need my children. I need Christmas. I need Thanksgiving. I'm sorry, but I, I need them. And I need their love. And I need to be family. And I don't have family. And I've done everything in my damnedest to make sure my children feel so loved. They're so close with each other. They're best friends. They have great relationships with their cousins and their aunts and their uncles. Not on my side because I don't have family. But I want them to have all of that and more. But never at the sake of their relationship with me. Ever, 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 ever. So I'm with wow. you. I'm with you. And I want to empower you to know that what you feel is fair. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's time to have a grown-up conversation with your your 32-year-old to say, I really need you to know that I'm not okay with it. Ultimately, you're going to have to do what you want to do, Zoe. But I need you to know that it hurts me because I need you. And I need my children, my grandchildren. I, I don't care if that makes me weak. I, I need you and I need those times. And sometimes, Linda, you have to fight for what matters. And I've, um, I appreciate this call because last year and now again, here we go. But I felt like I was trying to fight for what matters, but it was, I wasn't being heard. <laughs> yeah, and you might not. So, and here's um, the truth. There was a little laugh again. Yep. You're not being heard. You know why you're not being heard? Because you've never actually made your needs as a mother strong enough and important enough for your children to actually get like, whoa, like we, we got to be there for mom. Like as much as dad might be a bully or dad might, we've got to be there for our mom. And I, and I feel like my kids know, like I've got you upside down inside out i've got your back till the ends of the earth and even when i pass i will still be there helping you mm-hmm. you know and yes. and i'm a fierce mama bear and that means that i also have some expectations i'm sorry but i do i need to be treated properly in all of my relationships too i need to be loved And I need to be respected. And I need to have my feelings count. Not to everybody in the whole world, but to this little circle. Yeah. Like these mothers that go, no, my kids don't buy me anything for Mother's Day. Oh, you know, it doesn't really matter. No, it does matter. It does matter. Why have you taught them that it doesn't matter? No, it does matter. It does matter that they remember you on Mother's Day. It does matter that they make a big deal on those times that are important for you. It does matter, Linda. You're actually teaching them respect and the trickle-down effect. Well, luckily, they have they have learned a lot of good, of you course. know. Of course. Um, They're I probably like amazing. They're probably amazing children, and they probably love you. But if this, is a not, if this one is a deal-breaker for you and it's really going to mm-hmm. hurt you, 
you have to say it. It doesn't mean they're going to listen. It doesn't mean they're even going to, but you have to say it. Because this thing will, this will become like um, a steam train that every holiday it starts to get worse and worse. And if like you don't put your foot down at some point, your kids are going to be like, okay, so next year it's not happening. I promise. They have to be able to go, dad, like, you know, mom's alone on Christmas Eve. You have a girlfriend. Right. No. And you need to go like, guys, I am all alone on Christmas Eve. And I accept it, but I don't accept that you're going to spend Christmas Eve with your dad. Like, no. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> I'm being a sucky baby with you. <laughs> like, I'm being a sucky baby with you. And, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting all my own stuff. I probably am on some level. But, hey, you're the mama bear, man. Like, mama bears better, like, count for something when it comes right down to the crunch. Like, you know. You're the mama bear, period. So, Linda, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, Linda, now that you know that your feelings are validated? You're allowed to feel those feelings. They're very honest and raw and real. This man really hurt you. And Mm -hmm. I I don't think you've really ever dealt with it. No, because I've always like you said, was the mama bear, even for other people, that I just plowed through it for many, many years. Yeah, and I will tell you that it's, I'm not saying it's going to implode to the point of implode, but it it, it was imploding on me. I had to actually really honor my feelings, and excuse me, it wasn't until probably my 40s, like I'm in my 40s now, but it wasn't until this decade that, um, for me, that I was like, oh, no, I need to really honor, like, wait a second, who am I? Am I just, I remember, like, I really remember almost having a breakdown that I now call my breakthrough, but I remember really thinking, like, what the hell is my life all about? Like, am I only here to serve? Like, am I only here to help and give and love and support and listen and give and love and serve and serve and serve? What about me? Mm-hmm. Like, I literally had a, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. I actually had a come to Jesus moment where I was like, I'm considering checking out. Like, it was right around the time Robin Williams took his life. And I remember thinking, people were so outraged. They were like, how selfish of him. And I remember thinking, I understand when your entire life has been about giving, loving, pleasing, performing, doing, 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 loving, 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 loving. And you actually have a moment where you realize, my kids are grown up. I don't really have a lot of friends. I mean, I could have a lot of friends, but I don't because I'm always working, serving, 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 giving, giving, listening, loving. What about me? What about my feelings? What about the holidays? What about me? Not just me throwing the party for everybody. Me decorating the house for everybody. Everybody coming to my house. Everybody spending the night. Me making sure all the linens are clean. Making me making sure the breakfast is lovely the next morning. Everybody leaves. Nobody cleans up. I just hit a point where I was like, why? What am I doing here? Is my entire existence about taking care of other people? Does anyone really, truly take care of me? Does anyone care about me? And it was a pity party, and I cried for a week. Linda, I cried for a week. And you know what I did? I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And for the first time in my life, 
I actually wrote my memoir. I had no idea that was coming, but I actually just started thinking about, like I was so, and all of a sudden it was like, my mother's still talking about me. My father's still doing shit. My ex gets my kids all the time for fun trips and shit. I'm the one who's paid the bills. I'm the one who's, I really had a meltdown. And honestly, if I wasn't Crystal Andrus Morissette, best-selling author, someone would have checked me in somewhere because, I mean, I couldn't eat for about a week. I cried. I heaved. I felt all my sorrow. And I wrote it all out. And when I read it back, it was like, do I actually want anyone to read this? Because this sounds like a really broken, wounded woman, and I'm not. But I have been really broken and really wounded, and I've never acknowledged my pain. Yeah. And you have to acknowledge your pain. You have to. You're being called now to honor you, to really honor you. And that is actually a great gift to give your family when they actually realize mom is not some freaking superhero. She's a person. She's not just a a babysitter and a supporter and a love, kind, giver, doer, mother. She's just a person with feelings and needs and hurts and pain and suffering. And maybe it's time for you to let people see that. And even if they think mom's gone crazy, good. (laughs) Good. Let them think, you know what? Mom, how do we just expect mom to just hold it all together all the time? Maybe this is a big one. Maybe mom's putting her foot down and saying, no, you know what? I can't deal with the Christmas holidays as it is. That's when your dad walked out on me. And I'm serious. Mm. I am having a hard effing time. And it's really started hitting me as I'm getting older. I don't want to sit alone on Christmas Eve and be angry and hurt. I need you to hear this. Let your children see that you're human, Linda. Let your children see that you're human, that you cry, that you feel that you have needs, and that they are adults now, and they do have a responsibility for you, just like you have a responsibility to them. They do have a responsibility to their mother. You've been a good mother. Yes, I have, (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Um. What do you feel when I'm saying all this to you? And I know I've done a lot of talking today. How do you feel when I say all this to you? I guess part of me, um, I feel like I know that it's time for them to see me. To see me, period. You You got it. There you go. See me. Does anyone actually see me? Like, see me. Hear me. Right. Like, I take up space in the world. I am not just a mother and a babysitter for your children. I am a, I really have feelings here and I'm reaching a point now in my life. I need you to really recognize and see me as a human being, as a woman. Yes, yes, for sure. 
and I, I really appreciate uh, this. I will go back and listen to it because um, you you touched on so many um, aspects that I've just stuffed down yeah. for sure. And I've gone to, you know, counseling and stuff, but that just never seemed to do much. Yeah, I get that, though. I get that. And there's your little laugh of truth again. Like you really have, you've been holding a lot in. That's what those little spontaneous things are. It's like, holy shit. Like if I really let myself feel this and talk about it, I might start to cry. Mm -hmm. And what would that mean if you let yourself cry, like really cry and like let someone love you and support you and listen to you while you cried? Uh, Part of me would probably feel very vulnerable. Yeah just because of who um the persona you created yes yes yeah and that's the pride shame loop i call it that i teach that in our empowerment coach certification that there's like this pride loop that we we get right up to pride which is almost the most empowered place we can be in the lower levels of consciousness so pride is like at least you have dignity and pride and you don't want to give that away but you know, a little level higher. Um, and that's why a lot of people never get up into the really high levels of consciousness when it comes to themselves, like self-love, full self-love, full self-acceptance. I can say it. I can do it. I, I don't care. I'm not attached to the idea that you need to be, I need to be for you, like just letting all that go. But that comes when you finally have the courage to honor your own pain story and your own suffering. And really, just to let yourself go. I know I have pride and dignity. I've channeled up all that anger. I've created a good life. I've got pride and dignity. But there's a level higher that when you can just let yourself share what you're doing today, which is huge. So thank you. Because it really does take huge courage to be vulnerable. And it might be natural. It will be, if it happens, natural and normal that you might have sharer's remorse, I call it. Often when I've shared, I think I've shared too much, whether it's on a telecourse, whether it's in a chat with Crystal, sometimes I don't have it so much anymore, but I used to just be like, oh, I just want to take that post down. Why did I tell people that? Oh my God. What are they going to think of me? What are they going to think of me? What, uh, ooh, ooh. Like I need to be their faith strong leader. I never, but you know, I've really learned over the years, like, wow, like I can actually talk about anything in my life now. And it's not even from a wounded place. It's from an honest, vulnerable place that I know that this too shall pass, but it's not going to actually pass if I don't talk about it. Right. And, you know, Linda, I'm not Catholic, and I know there's a lot of controversy with the Catholic Church, that's for sure. My husband was an altar boy and went to school to be a deacon. Mm -hmm. He actually studied theology and philosophy at St. Mike's University um, and uh, the University of Toronto. Um, but I will still say that there was always a really important component to why I understand it now, to what I think the theory behind, you know, confession was supposed to be. To me, I get it because I create a safe space for women to literally just confess it all to me. And yeah. I see the just a thousand pounds gets lifted off their shoulders. And it's just not the same to write in your journal to yourself. We really need to name it and claim it 
And claiming it means being witnessed by somebody else. And then we can grieve it and we can release it. But if we don't give ourselves permission to really name our pain and claim it, like, no, you hurt me. Like, your ex-husband really did a head job on you. Yes. And you need to actually have that be claimed. And, like, it would actually be so healing for you if you, like, wrote me. And honest to goodness, Linda, do it. Uh, you will be so right. in complete confidence. Write me. And, and just, like purge it everything he's done everything the pain the hurts the letdowns I don't care if it's 50 pages long just pour it all out and if it's only one page long that's fine too but I mean don't just get it out of you and I promise you you will at first be like oh my god am I really going to send it yeah send it and that is a part of the naming and the claiming and I'm going to tell you, you're probably going to cry. And that's going to be really good for you. And it's going to be really good for you to read back that letter and think, yeah, like, why am I sugarcoating what you did to me? Like, it really hurt. And then send it to me. And okay. And when you're ready, when we're ready, because really it's going to be a little relationship that we build around this, when you really feel ready and you really feel like there will come a moment where you realize almost like fuck you motherfucker excuse my language <laughs> you'll have a little moment of like fuck you motherfucker and then we're gonna burn that letter and we're gonna write a new one and we're gonna write a new script for how things are gonna be moving forward but we gotta start with yeah. the, like really let's acknowledge what has been let's really acknowledge what has been and how much it's hurt you because it has this pain is deep. This is so much more than just my daughter's got a beautiful guest room and her dad's going to be sleeping on that bed. No, this is way deeper than that. This goes all the way back to your father dying. Sure. <laughs> For real. Yeah. For real. So I'm going to make sure that you have um, my email address. Do you have it right now? Do you have my email address? I do. Okay. All right. So you send that to me, and um, you can send it in increments. If you feel like you get a bunch of pages out and you just want to hit the send button, send them. And if you want to save it up, but don't put this off. Even if you think, I don't have time for this, or I've done this before, or um, really, am I going to do that? You're not puking on me. I'm asking for it. I know how healing it is. And I know that when I finished my memoir, it was shocking, but I sent it to some friends and I actually had some of my friends say, like, I can't read this. I've thrown up three times. Just this oh. is terrible. But do you know how much that gave me relief? <laughs> it was literally like, you can't read it. It's so what? I, what? Really? Is it that? Really? So I really am justified in how in the pain I feel. In, yeah. Crystal. I had no idea. Yeah, that's wrong. Like, things were done to you that were wrong. I can't even tell you how much you just go, okay, thank you. Someone is freaking acknowledging and really honoring me. I think this will give me the opportunity to um, 
finally move on in my life when so many things I wanted to accomplish yeah as a person yeah absolutely so I'm 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 looking forward to receiving that stay in touch with me on it and um it's just the next step it's not the end step but it's the next step so let's just go from there and then I hope that you come back on another chat with Crystal down the road and we can continue working through this perfect Thank you. Thank you, Linda. And thank you to everyone who called in today. Thank you for those of you who are holding space right now for Linda, because that's what you're doing. Just being here, being on the call. I see some of you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here, holding space for Linda, because, you know, that's that's how deep healing really happens. We can't do it alone. We cannot heal alone. If we could, we'd all just write in our journals and then we'd all be healed. But we we need each other. We need each other. And that's what... We have here at the SWAT Institute, we have free mentorship coaching. Women just like me who've gone through just months and months and months, sometimes years of training to be ready that are here to support you. So please come on over to the SWAT Institute, www.swatinstitute.com. Sign up to get a mentor coach. You'll be supported. You'll be loved. There is no upsell. No one's going to try to sell you coaching or try to turn you into a student. None of that's going to happen. You're just going to be in a safe place that you can name it and claim it and grieve it and release it. And when that happens, boy, you really do start to feel like there's shifts that happen because energetically, we don't realize it sometimes, but we get locked in, in a story and it can just emotionally and energetically keep us stuck. And we don't even realize, but it's almost like we have these cords, these energetic cords that are connected to that person. They're not in your life anymore. But they are somewhere still stuck inside you. And part of this work is helping you to just cut the cord so that you can free yourself and you can truly let it go and rewrite the story so that you are back in the driver's seat. You're the hero of your life. You're the shiro of your life. So thank you, Linda, for calling in today. Thank you for everyone who's been here. Happy Thanksgiving to my American friends. And I won't be doing this call again until the end of December. So Merry Christmas. And uh, Happy New Year. I'll see you right before the new year. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great December. Thank you for joining us today on Chat with Crystal, empowerment coaching and conversations with real women from around the world. Of course, my name is Crystal Andrus Morissette, and it's been my honor to spend this time with you. If you'd like to be a guest on the show to get the coaching that you need, please visit www.swatinstitute.com. And remember, empowerment equals choice. It's always up to you.